Here's what's coming up on this week's show. In between tasks is usually when you see the most brain activity. When there's no focused activity, it's almost like our brains are like, oh, finally, some peace and quiet. Now we can do some work. The Beat. Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Before we go any further... Uh, let's just say that if you haven't heard this podcast before, hi, we're, we're all about making small businesses grow by having a bunch of experts on every week who help you out with lots of different things so you can grow as a small business. And if you have heard us before, or maybe if you haven't, then you can do one thing. No, you can do two things for us, which will really help. One, don't forget to hit follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Uh, and uh, also leave us a review too. Uh, leave us your thoughts. Let us know what you think about the podcast because that all helps to big us up in podcast land. You managed to get that all out in one go. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Yeah, and why is that then? I've had three hours sleep. It's absolutely rubbish. What on earth are you thinking? So part of the thing that I do um, when we're not doing the podcast is I make videos and uh, I make music videos and I produce videos for... Uh, live events and stuff and I was out filming a concert last night which finished at 2 o'clock and by the time my head hit the pillow it was 3am and my alarm went off at 6 this morning so I've literally had probably about two and a half hours sleep and perhaps when I was 25. But you can't do it now. You can't do it. Well, I used to do it all the time when I was young because I used to work in nightclubs and stuff. I used to sort of get home and like uh, when the birds were singing and then... I hate to break it to you. It's not like that now. A stroke goes straight. No, it really isn't. Um, but I'm fighting it. And um, yeah, so let, let's move on before I struggle to string a sentence together. Are your eyes watering? No, Why? Is that a symptom of being tired? <laughs> My eyes water when I'm tired. Um, they feel a bit warm. I, I don't know whether that's a weird thing or not. Maybe that's for... <laughs> I've got warm eyes. Oh, that is so gross. Never knew that was possible. Uh, so what we're doing on the podcast today is, um, joking aside, actually related to sleep, isn't it? The irony. <laughs> yeah, so sleep it has been a huge topic. And I think, you know, a lot more people have been much more aware of how important sleep is where we've had you know it's quite a disruptive well a very disruptive 20 months you know where wherever you're listening from wherever you are in the world um our routines have been disrupted and i think it's really highlighted how important it is to get paul a good night's sleep <laughs> yeah i'm not normally i'm okay it's just you know on the rare occasions when i have to work late that you know i'm i'm, I'm not and i'm paying for it as a result yeah <laughs> And I'm paying for it as a result and now I can't speak. So there we are. That's one of the reasons why you need to get sleep. And I'm a living, breathing, barely living, barely breathing example right now of uh, what lack of sleep can do to your concentration levels and therefore your productivity and therefore can damage your business. Yeah, exactly. We need to nurture our brains you know we need to nurture our bodies and we're not robots we need to recharge so if you're listening to this podcast in real time we're coming up to christmas 2021 right now and what we thought we'd do for this week's episode and next week's episode is take a look at our two favorite episodes from the year and discuss what we've learned from them and what we're going to be taking from those episodes 
into the new year. And also we'll let you know about what we're planning to do in 2022 and how we need your help. So tell us about your favourite episode, Claire. It was Nicolina who spoke to us about the what happens to us when we sleep and how we can actually make money when we're sleeping. But also, most importantly, the reasons why we do need to rest and actually by sleeping, whereas myself included, um, a lot of people think that it's a, I don't know, inverted commas, waste of time. I loved what Nicolina talked about, which is actually, you know, what happens when we're asleep. And actually so often we can come up with the best ideas when we think we're not working. This is the Big Little Business Show. All right, so big question first, Nicolina. How important is sleep for us? Oh, gosh, it's going to make you so much smarter. I love sleep. Now, to be completely fair with you, I've loved sleep since I was a child. And all all of the things I've figured out so far based on research that I've read has given me an excuse to sleep in and a way to feel actually good about it instead of, you know, lazy. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Because if I feel guilty if I don't wake up early. I think I've wasted the day and I should get up. Yeah, most people do. There's this really weird bias in in our brains of like, if we actually see a person physically do something, that's productive. If you get to work at 7 a.m., you're productive. And if you get to work at 11, but you stay really late, then somehow you're lazy. So have I got to stop telling off my 20-year-old daughter for sleeping in every morning that because she's actually being productive? You really, really need to. And also, side note, um, She's now in the age where her circadian rhythms shift a little bit. She's at the latest of it. But the minute someone goes into teenagers, your hormones are just going to keep you awake at night. And it's almost impossible to wake up in the morning. So it's literal torture to make our teenagers get out of bed at seven to be at school. Because it's like you would get up, have to get up at 4 a.m. every morning. And you just didn't get enough rest. Um, if people experiment with, um, and this has happened all over the world, with just opening schools two hours later for teenagers, their grades go up immediately. And not just a little bit, but like by points, by doing nothing else than letting kids sleep. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I'm definitely not, definitely not telling my teenager that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people have different amounts of sleep. Some people can survive on a small amount. Other people, you know, need to have a, a lot more. So in your opinion, what happens if we don't get enough? Well, there's been a lot of research on that, um, which is really easy. You just put people in a lab and wake them up when they don't want to. And if you don't sleep, you lose a lot of memory. Like you can't really retain new information anymore. You, it's really hard to come up with creative thoughts. You can, you can do like your routine things, but coming up with something new is really hard. Impulse control is so hard. Like people get super cranky because they just want to let it all out judgment goes down. So making a good decision, making decisions, fine, super impulsive, making a good decision. Now that's hard. Alertness. Oh my gosh. It, it just completely ruins it. If people drive around in a car, sleep deprived, you and you measure that against people who are drunk drivers, the sleep deprived people actually do worse and your immune system goes down and your metabolism goes down. So it's not fun at all. Um, and coffee doesn't even help you. Because it feels, it feels good. We feel like more alert and more happy. But there's been a really funny research where they let people do little tests. We just had to push the button on the computer. And sure enough, people with a lot of sleep made fantastic decisions. People who were sleep deprived made worse decisions. But the worst people were the coffee drinkers because they were tapping buttons left and right and having to go back and check their work and redo it and fix all the mistakes that they made. 
So coffee is not your friend here. That's really interesting because I guess with the coffee, it makes you think you're more awake than you actually are. Well, yeah, you're you're you feel awake, but you're not smarter. Not at all. It it can you're you're as slow as a person who thinking as a person who's sleep deprived normally is. It's just you act faster, so it makes you super jumpy. I no doubt you you're aware of this book by Robin Sharma called The Five AM Club, yeah. which uh, get has has had massive success. And for those of you who don't already know, the book is about Robin talking about the virtues of getting up at five o'clock in the morning, how that can make you so much more productive, what you can do with those extra hours and how all that can help to make your business grow. But we do we really have to get up at five o'clock in the morning? Surely we don't. It depends on how you measure productivity, really. Like if you, what you need to do is put, um, I don't know, bottle caps on bottles you don't need your brain for that. So yeah, if you get up at 5 a.m., you have more literal time to do the little thing. So yeah, you're more productive. But the minute you need thinking time, it seems that part of getting your brain ready to do that happens at sleep. In fact, it goes beyond that because here this whole thing of productivity and sleep is based on the assumption that when you fall asleep, your brain kind of simmers down and sort of goes into night mode. And then in the morning, it starts up again. That is not true. That is not even a little bit true. Thinking is a process that happens day and night. It's like a continuous process. And a large part of all that brain activity happens at night. And if you don't do it, your brain is going to try and catch up. Do you know that feeling when you're just really tired and your brain keeps zoning out all the time? That's your brain trying to catch up on REM sleep because that is a huge part of our thinking process. Take away part of the process, thinking won't be as good anymore. So for knowledge workers, I would say, sure, get up at 5 a.m., but you better make sure you go to bed hella early. Otherwise, you're robbing yourself of a large part of your thinking process, which means that the end product isn't gonna be as good. So like, do you wanna do a lot or do you wanna do a lot of good stuff? That's the question. Hmm. So it's quality. It's, it's, yeah, what you want to do that's the right activity. So you mentioned about REM um, there. Why do you think some people maybe need more sleep than others? Um, is it to do with what happens when our brain is active when we're sleeping? That's a very interesting question that doesn't have a real answer yet. It is true that some people need eight hours, some people need seven, six, some people want to have 10 hours. I wish I had an answer. I do know there's a lot of people who boast that they only need four hours, but then you look at the quality of your work and think, mm, are you really making that smart decision, CEO who just bolsters rounds with four hours of sleep and thinks you're the, on top of the world? Or do you think that because your judgment is so impaired by your sleep deprivation? Usually when you measure, it's the latter. We've established already people need different amounts of sleep. When people go to bed and get up, that's different according to the person. So it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone needs to get up at five o'clock to be productive. Uh, you know, it depends on your own rhythm. A lot of what you do to make sure that you get better sleep happens before you go to bed, doesn't it? It really does. Because what you want to do is make sure that your hormones make you sleepy. And that literally starts when you wake up. Now, this is not my knowledge. It's coming from Sleep Lab in Virginia. Like I'll have a lot of sleep expert friends, but they all agree on that. If you see daylight in the morning, like exactly when you wake up, you know, open the curtains, let it in your eyes. That's when your body is already triggered to start making your sleep hormones melatonin. If you skip that step and, you know, get up in the dark and go to work in the dark and sit in a dark office all day, it's harder to feel sleepy at night. 
taking a run in the morning would be amazing because it gets in all that sunlight in your eyes. You feel alert all day and sleepy all night. Another tip that they gave me was fantastic. Like we have all these screens with like really bright blue light at us, but in nature, usually blue light only happens around noon, if at all. So we get an overdose of that, which keeps our brain so awake. But almost every device these days has an, a setting, which is usually filed under accessibility to filter your screen with a red filter or with a tint over it so that your light is more aligned to what you naturally would do. Like I switched my phone to a tinted filter and immediately I had better sleep just because my brain could do its work and make the right hormones based on the light that I was seeing. Gosh, I never thought about that. No, me neither. That's great. And Mm. I'm sitting here looking at screens all day. So maybe Mm. I need to start looking at my filters. I love this. And of course, all the other thing you read in every magazine, it's it's 2021. No one thinks that sleeping in a light room with lots of uh, stuff around and when it's messy is good for you. Of course, you want to have it like a nice dark room with fresh air and everything. But those are things I don't have to tell you. There's the other thing about... um, which I'm, I'm a real big believer of, uh, not having any gadgetry or screens or anything in your bedroom. I think you have a lot of people who support you there. I find it hard. I'm not a disciplined person myself. I'm, I'm, I have all these ideas and then I just want to jot them down really quickly. And I, I'm too tired, too, well, I say tired. I mean, I'm too lazy to write all the time. So I, I record on my iPhone. So you're not touching that, Paul. But yes, I agree. Um, I've had this happen to myself time and time again, and it's happened to me for years. The best ideas I ever come up with for business or, you know, the strategies that I'm going to be putting in place, the ideas come to me at four o'clock in the morning. And I've never understood that. Um, I actually do make a note of them. I have to say I don't use my phone. I um, have a notepad and a pen and I have to write them down because sometimes I don't always remember them if I go back to sleep again. I love that. You're not the only one. So many people have that. In fact, um Fun history fact, before we had artificial lights um, basically prolonging our day and condensing our sleep, um, it was a very given thing. You see it in literature and everything that people talked about first sleep and second sleep. And I thought, what's that? Well, if you get up early enough, you get get to bed, I mean, early enough and um, you sleep. At some point, you're going to wake up and it's usually around 4 a.m., And then maybe people would do something, do some light housework, write some poetry, I don't care, and then go to sleep again and get the second part of their sleep. What is super interesting from a neurology perspective is what I learned about what we do with our brains in the sleep. So let's say you have eight hours just because it's a nice measuring. Um, Those first four hours is mainly focused on deep sleep, which is mainly focused on processing information, storing it, and restoring the body. You really need that, obviously. And then the second part of the sleep is very much focused on, okay, you got all this information, you've nicely stored it, you've processed it, everything you saw from the corner of your eye, the movie, something someone said you'd already consciously forgotten, it's all stored. Then the brain starts working with that. And I mean making new connections. That is what happens a lot in REM sleep. In the latter hours, you have a lot more REM sleep. In the last hour, if you, if you really get your eights, usually almost all REM sleep. This is why people who get to sleep in every day usually have a lot more dreams than people who have to cut their sleep short with alarm clocks. Because all of that um, bilateral thinking, if you will, that happens 
usually when you get your REM sleep. And that's often also where the great ideas come from. Yeah, see, now I have that thing first thing in the morning as well where I get my best ideas, but I'm awake when I have my good ideas and it's normally when I go out for a run. And I know we're going to talk about sort of you know, having quality thinking time when you're awake. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later on. But is that to do with my sleep patterns, the fact that I get more clarity first thing in the morning, or is that more to do with the activity? Um, yes and yes. I want to take you through a little neurology about the fact that our brains don't have an off and on button. Like basically you're always conscious at some level and your brain is always working unless you're dead. If you put a person in an MRI scanner and you say, okay, let's do some tasks and see what brain lights up when you do what, like lift your left leg and then, okay, wait for the next task, do some math. And then in between tasks is usually when you see the most brain activity, because when you have nothing to do and just, you know, an fMRI scanner to stare at, or maybe when you're running or are in the shower doing the dishes or sleeping, when there's no focused activity, it's almost like our brains are like, oh, finally, some peace and quiet. Now we can do some work. That's where you're going to get your ideas from, from that work that your brain automatically always does in the background, unless you forcefully focus it on activity on the outside. So there's always this constant shift between your brain getting to do the what, what I call inward processing and the outward focusing towards production. That shift is off and on all the day. And in sleep, you have the most time for all of that. Um, I would say super brainstorm. It's not my word, actually. That's the University of Utrecht who came of that. It's in the Netherlands. And they were like, wait a minute. So your brain is constantly thinking. And in your sleep, it's constantly making new connections and, and just for, does this for free with all kinds of new information. This is why dreams seem so weird, by the way. But it's also why you wake up with a good idea in the morning sometimes. But if you have all that free brainstorming, I'm thinking, why aren't we making the most of that? You're doing it. You feel rested while you do it. That's like multitasking 101. So now how can you make that work for you? How can you do it focused on what you want to be thinking about? That was exactly going to be our, our next question. Do you have to train your brain to become more productive when you're asleep if you're not getting that pro productivity in your sleep time? Well, obviously, we've already spoken about how important it is to make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep and you're sleeping at the right time for, uh, for your rhythms and stuff. But let's just assume you've nailed all that. Then how do you make the time you're asleep become more productive than perhaps it already is? I like that question a lot. Because it goes for basically everything in your life. Like, sure, you have the time, you have the brain power. What are you going to do with it now? Um, there's some research I want to throw at your way. If you take Dutch research, if you take a group of people and you give them a 10 minute presentation on, hey, we want to get volunteers motivated. That's not easy, as we all know. How do you how would you do it? You're going to go home, you're going to sleep on it and you're going to tell me the answer in the morning. They get really good results by sleeping on it. But this is one of the tricks how you can kickstart your brain. This same test was done with a control group who, while they were getting the presentation, had a little really nice smell in the room. In this case, it was just an air freshener. It was vanilla, you know, lovely. So they got this whole presentation while smelling vanilla. No one notices what the room smells like, but, you know, it sticks in your brain somehow, right? Because smell association is so strong. And they got a little stick with that air freshener home. And they says, put it next to your bed. 
just just do it, you know, just just and this is a little paper that has the problem. And then in the morning, tell us your first 20 ideas. Sure enough, the people who had the smell next to their bed, making their brain remember the problem better just by association. You don't have to do anything for it. It's automatic. Those were the people who in the morning came up with the best ideas and were better at identifying which idea was a good idea. And I'm talking 50% better, not just like marginally, but noticeably better. I'm off to buy some vanilla sticks. We often talk about smells on the show. Mm. It's one of the questions that we ask at the end. One of the random questions is about favourite smells. And, and everyone tends to answer uh, that question by coming up with a smell that has an association with a, maybe a, a historical event or something that's happened in their past. Uh, so, yes, yeah, smell is a very evocative sense for, uh, for memory, I suppose. And it doesn't wake you up. So what I do now, if I have a presentation or if I work on something, while I'm working on it, I have something, I don't know, it could be a diffuser or whatever, but just something with a specific smell that I like next to me, and I put it next to my bed. So then I can sleep as much as I want because I know my brain will keep working on it by association. And in the morning, all I have to do is write down my first ideas to not lose them, right? And it works like a charm. Of course, I don't have a controlled me next to it. So I can't tell you if I come up with better ideas, but I do know that I feel rested and it saves me a lot of time in the day because whatever I come up with at night, I could just keep working on in the morning. I'm so doing that. That's great, isn't it, Claire? Yeah, yeah, I so am I. We're shopping for vanilla sticks. Smell doesn't wake you up. They've also done the test with like a little bell or something that's soft enough to not wake you up. Sure, that works as well, but that might wake up your partner or might be annoying. Whereas smell, everybody loves to have a nice smelling bedroom. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, going back to what you were saying, um, sleeping on a problem. So I, I remember this when I was growing up. Uh, my grandmother saying to me, just don't think about it now. Just sleep on it and see how you feel in the morning. Do you think that's really useful for business owners to do if they're having that you know, challenge thought process, they can't quite grasp the answer, but they can't sort of gain any clarity. Do you think that indeed is very useful to do? Yes, 100%. Hard science to prove it. But it works with complex processes, especially when it's something you get stuck with in the day. Now, taking it back a step, um, there's still some stories around from the 80s that the brain activity that we have in the night and therefore our dreams are random and that our dreams are a byproduct product of all that random brain activity. That is not true. Super measurable. If you see a red car, if you think of a red car, or if you dream of a red car, very similar brain activity. This is your brain actually at work. So yes, if you sleep on a pro problem, what you get is your brain working, super focused, but making connections that you might not have come up with within the day. Why? Because your neurotransmitters in your sleep are much more focused on broad thinking and making new connections, which you wouldn't be able to do in the day. Otherwise, you would keep, in, keep running into things because you need to focus on your outside world. In sleep, you don't have to do it. So you have all the time to yourself. And that means you can think, but with all of the ideas you've ever had, your entire subconscious can think with you. Um, your entire intuition, things you saw out of the corner of your eye can think with you. That is fantastic, but it's also a downside because this is where what I see in my work and in research a lot. Yes, your grandma was right. Yes, you can sleep on it. But 
if you're thinking about how do I do my taxes properly and you go to sleep and you really want to focus on that, but at the same time, your relationship is falling apart, that's going to be more important to you. So there is no way you can steer yourself to doing thinking about boring taxes while in fact your heart is with your relationship. Your brain in sleep is going to follow your emotions, not the other way around. So one thing we did touch on, which I want to delve into a little bit more, which is perhaps perhaps a little bit more of a, a stranger concept, is the fact that you can use your dreams to help you solve problems and how uh, you can really run a business in your sleep by uh, the dreams and by analysing the dreams that you have overnight. Now, I know this works. And I'll tell you how I know this works is because it happens to me a lot. Uh, give you a good example. At the moment, I'm working on a music video for a client. Uh, and last night, I was in the middle of the editing process yesterday uh, and I went to bed and left it because I was too tired. And last night, I had a few ideas in my sleep. I dreamt about the editing and I dreamt about the video and I woke up and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that because I remembered my dream. And obviously there are some dreams and maybe we'll touch on those a little bit later on. There are some dreams where I have absolutely no idea what they mean. But is it really true that you can actually analyze your dreams and use those to solve problems in your waking life? I'm going to say yes, out of my experience. And it does make sense because um, a lot of um, researchers, as I said, see sleeping and dreaming um, as sort of a, a form of mentation. At Harvard University, they call dreaming sleep mentation, thinking in your sleep. And they start seeing the dream that you remember from that as kind of a like a note, like a little post-it from a huge brainstorm session. Sometimes that's very condensed, so you have to unpack it a little bit. But sometimes it's super one-on-one. -on -one. A story that I love is uh, from the band Leonard Skinner, like back in the day. They, they wrote the song Sweet Home Alabama. I don't know if you know it. Oh, I love that Me song. Me too. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. So they were working on the song, like really working it. They would always jam on a song and, and until late at night when everybody was tired and went, immediately went to sleep. So that means it was very close to your heart. They, they, were, they were basically, they said, we, we would just rehearse, rehearse until we could dream the song, literally. But this time with Ed King, one of the guitarists, he dreamt the solo that's in there. Like there's two guitar solo in there. And he dreamt both of them, note for note. And he woke up with them and ran to the studio and said, you guys, I dreamt the guitar solo. It has to be this. I've heard that so many times from musicians where they've kind of had a dream and they've had this great idea and it's turned into a song. I think there's a couple of Beatles songs that came that way too. For sure. And Keith Richard had, had satisfaction uh, gotten to him that way. He had a recorder next to his bed, immediately record it before it's gone. Lenny Kravitz wrote a whole album that way. Great story. I was going to ask you, yeah, it's brilliant. I was going to ask you, how much notice should we take of our dreams? Because sometimes I wake up and I think, what was that about? It makes no logical sense, you know. Something. Oh, I've had plenty of those. I have those a lot. You know, the people that are in it, I'm like, but sometimes there's two lots of people who are the same. Do you know what I mean? And I just wake up, I think, what does that mean? But then I think because we lead such fast paced lives, you know, you maybe have a little moment to reflect on it think about it and think, I don't understand what that was about. And then we don't think about it anymore. And then very often we can't remember it. it. It's gone. So do you think we should really take notice of what our dreams are telling us? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it would be exhausting to take notice of everything every morning all the time because, you know, you kind of feel when something sticks in your mind or not. I'm going to give you a small example of um, a woman named Annie who came to me just, you know, over Clubhouse. And she said, I keep having the same dream. And I, I don't get it. 
I'm in a room, could be a hotel room, could be a house, and we have to get out of there. There's a deadline. Could be, you know, in the hotel room, there's checkout coming up, or in the house, there's it's foreclosed, or we have to move, or whatever. But there's a deadline. It's coming up real fast. Everything's a mess. And I'm standing there trying to pack the suitcases, and no one's helping me. And I'm thinking, why am I even doing this? This isn't even my job. It's not even my mess. And then I wake up. And she kept having that dream over and over again. Now, what I then do is not go online and look up somewhere, like, what does it mean when you dream of a hotel room? That's not going to get you anywhere because it's highly personal what you're thinking about, right? No book knows that. I've often wondered that because there are those like, you know, I'm having a dream that I'm flying or I'm I'm naked in a public place and all that. And then, you, oh, there's a book and, oh, that means this and that means that. But And I've always looked at that and thought, that can't be right. It must be different for different people, surely. Well, it is. I mean, sure. Yeah, obviously we have the same language. So some imagery that we use every day is the same. So there's something to it. But that doesn't mean that it'll be applicable to your life always. I'm going to give you a really simple trick. I asked her to verbalize it. Like, give me, like, what does it feel like? What do, you, what do you wish you would have done? What, what, what would you have needed? Well, she said immediately, I need some help. I need an A-team to come in and just take care of this because I'm too busy to do all of this. The words that you say to yourself in that moment can usually tell you so much more than any book could. Because when I told her, wait a minute, wait a minute, Annie, is there anywhere in your life when you feel like what you're doing isn't even your job, it's someone else's mess and you have more important things to do? I thought it would be personal, but she said, Oh, that's my business. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I just need, sometimes I just need some temps because you know what? Sometimes I just need some temps because I can't be doing all of this. You know what? I have those dreams every time a situation like that comes up. Now that's feedback from your subconscious and that you can use. Yeah. I've had uh, similar dreams actually over again. Um, and I swear I can pause them and restart them for a different outcome. That's awesome. I love that. Is it t- now time for me to go or have you heard of this before? Wait, what, what, wait, say that again. So you, you're having a dream and then yeah. you're asleep, obviously having this dream. Yeah. And then halfway through the dream, you think, right, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pause yeah. that. Like you're like a, like a, uh, you're watching something on Netflix yeah. or something and then come back to it the following day and pick up from where you left well, off. Straight away afterwards. So then I can wake up and close my eyes again. It rewinds, replays, and then I can change the outcome. Wow. Well, I mean, yes, you can have the same thought twice. So why couldn't you have the same dream twice? Um, and from a science perspective, there's a whole theory about this, that dreams from an evolutionary standpoint could have been a great tool for um, testing out different outcomes to a problem. We can try things out really vividly until you find a way that you're happy with and only then implement it. I think I'm, I'm probably going to regret saying this, Claire, but I think maybe at the end mm. uh, we should hear one of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll share one of mine. <laughs> oh, I don't sure. know what to pick. I'm quite sure I've just said that out loud, but I have just said that out loud, so it's now a thing. Prepare to have your mind blown. Now, one of the things that I started doing at the beginning of lockdown, and I do it religiously, and I swear it has a difference to my day, and I notice when I don't do it, is meditation. Now, I meditate for like 20 minutes maybe every morning after a workout normally. I have a more productive day as a result and I get more done. I don't procrastinate as much. Um, Am I making it up or is that a real thing? 100% a real thing. Because meditation is one of those mental states that is very close to REM sleep where you do already a lot of your thinking. Like seriously, part of your thinking happens while you sleep. If you cut it off, You have to start doing it in the day, but meditation is a way to compensate. Meditation is so close to it, to that process, that 
and and since you're awake, you know it that the outcome you're you're smarter, you're more productive, your day goes smoother. Why? Because part of all of that subconscious intelligence that you needed to get you to a place of decision making, you've already done. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean that kind of brings brings us on nicely. And by the way, Claire, we are coming back to our our biggest our favorite dreams in a second. So I'm, I'm, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not letting that one go. Uh, but I thought what we'd do just to, to wrap up is have sort of a bit of a sort of three golden rules for golden sleep, which makes more productive sleep. So what would you suggest people could do or work on right now to make sure their sleep is more productive? First of all, make the mind shift. Know that if you sleep in, you're not being lazy, you're being super productive because you give your brain a chance to do its work for you. Um, To enhance that process, you can write down a problem right before you go to sleep and make sure you have that pen and paper that you just wrote it down on next to. So in the morning, you can write down whatever you want, your first 20 ideas, maybe a dream, maybe a feeling, whatever comes to you. And then personally, I would take a break, get some breakfast, go for a jog, go back and review it because that's when you're completely rational now. You've let go of all that subconscious thinking. Now we're in execution mode and then you can evaluate. Is any of this useful or do I do it again tomorrow morning? Maybe with a different question. Okay, so just before we go into our questions at the end, I would love to know one of Paul's dreams. Oh, you want me to go first? Yes, I do want you to go first because it's your idea, so therefore you can go first. Oh, yeah. I'm laughing already. I don't even know what you're going to say. So we keep chickens and I also have a cat, a ginger tom called Marvin. I woke up one morning. This is in my dream. This is not real. So I woke up one morning and I found out that Marvin had been uh, getting out in the night and having sex with the chickens. Oh, my God. But as a result of this, we had little uh, chicken-stroke-kitten hybrid babies, uh, which we called chittens, right? And, uh, and we got these chittens, and they're half cat, half chicken, uh, and they're roaming around our garden. And then the media gets interested. We have newspapers arrive, Sky TV's on our doorstep, doing this great report about these chittens and all the while i'm thinking how angry i am with marvin because he's been shagging the chickens i can't talk oh paul i love that now what i'm most interested in um like usually a dream analysis takes about 30 minutes to an hour we're not going to do that but what i'm most interested in is why were you angry because you got all this media attention but you didn't like that or something I don't know why. I don't know why. I was just, well, not angry, but I was just sort of maybe just annoyed with uh, annoyed with Marvin for shagging the chickens. I don't know. That's, that, that, that's as far as my logic goes, I'm afraid. Why was Marvin not supposed, there's a logical reason in your dream why he wasn't, or in your mm-hmm. life, why he wasn't supposed to shag the chickens. Well, it's just wrong, isn't it? Because <clears throat> it's not normal. It's just like, you know, chickens and cats <laughs> okay. and, and sex. It's just, it's not a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I've, I've, I totally lost it then when you told, <laughs> when you told us about that dream. I've just literally you stop crying oh. you clear up dream go okay so the best one's gonna make it for the edit <laughs> you're just so mean putting her on the spot <laughs> i should just refuse to do this now just because you said that it's dreadful isn't it i know i'll put them both in don't worry i'll, I'll put them both in Okay, so my one, the first one that comes to mind is actually a recurring dream that I have. It always happens where I used to live with my mum and dad. We used to have a long straight road uh, on the way to our house and I used to run in my dream. So I run up and down this road and I hitch a ride on a fire-breathing dragon. (laughs) 
who comes through the trees and then we saw really (laughs) high up and we can see down on all of the houses so it's like a bird's eye view I guess a little bit and it's the most awesome thing to do and this dragon's my friend and wherever I want to go anywhere in the world that's a great dream I love that it's like the character from Game of Thrones I can't remember her name do you know what actually is it's quite similar to that but what's it really interesting is I've taken this one step further where when the children were small I actually recreated a story which was based on that dream, which I read back to them. And I would take the children uh, through that imaginary process of being on their own dragon. I love that. Talk about creativity here. And it's really powerful because I can, I can feel that, hear the flapping of the wings and I can feel the breeze in the air. You know, it's so powerful. I love that. It's like better than better than cats shagging chickens. Anyway. I'm disturbed by your dream. <laughs> so am I. I. I don't know what I'm more disturbed by, the dream or you now. I don't know. Or, or the cat. <laughs> or the cat, yeah. This is one I would never analyse because the way you talk about it and the way you've already worked with it yourself and just the smile that comes to mm. my face, even listening to it, tells me that this is a source of power for you. Oh, that's cool. And I love that. Wouldn't touch it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Just keep on having that dream. I want dreams like that. It's great. Mm. All right. We always finish off with a set of questions, all inspired by a US TV show called Inside the Actors Studio. If you haven't heard about the show or don't know anything about it, go look it up. It's on YouTube. It's not a show that's on TV anymore, but it's great, really good, especially if you like Hollywood. Go and watch it. Our questions are always inspired by that. They have absolutely nothing to do with what we uh, talk about during the episode but they're just a little bit of fun are you ready oh yeah bring it on uh and we're back to smells again what's your favorite smell that's question number Ooh, one i would say do you know that moment when you go to the beach and you're walking over the dunes and you're seeing the beach for the first time and the sun hits your face and the sea air hits your face that smell oh, that's a lovely i could one. have that any day that is a really lovely one i like the way you described that too that sounds lovely um okay what about your favorite biscuit i'm dutch so i have dutch pride um i would say do you know stroopwafels it's it's pronounced stroopwafel in 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 english in american oh, english love those things no have you ever had them when you heated them up a little bit, like either in a pan or an oven, and it gets all gooey in the middle. So for those who don't know it, it's these really thin wafers. And in between, there's a caramel syrup. And I don't know, it doesn't sound like much, but it's delicious. I didn't realize you had to sort of heat them up in that way. I'd always um, heard that the way to heat them up is to have you having them with a cup of coffee or something. You rest them on the top of the mug because they just sit on the rim uh, and then they warm up the uh, syrup in the middle that way. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. That's the story. But if you heat them up in an oven on a pan, they get a little crispier. And, <laughs> you know, so you have the crunchy outside and the gurus, the syrup on the on the inside. Love it. You've got to calm yourself down, Paul. That That sounds amazing. My (laughs) God, I'm salivating here. (laughs) Oh, dear. I've now regained my composure now after stifling that laugh from earlier. So thank you so much, uh, Nicolina. It's been such a fascinating topic. We could talk all day about this. It's um, really, really been so, so valuable. So thank you so much. So if anybody would like to connect with you um, and to reach out to you to uh, make contact, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, You can find me online. my website for English-speaking crowd is called dreamingbrain.club, like a club of people who dream and like brains, not in a zombie way, just, you know, not creepy. <laughs> dreamingbrain.club. And you can find me uh, as Nicolina for Dreams on Instagram or on Clubhouse. And my DMs are always open. I'm always happy to talk dreams. This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. 
Do you know what? Joking aside, even though we were talking about uh, earlier on in the podcast, talking about my lack of sleep uh, last night and my resulting tiredness today and lack of concentration, um, I do normally pay an awful lot of attention to making sure I get the right amount of sleep. And I wake up alert and I don't go to sleep with things on my mind. One of the things I've really adopted uh, on a regular basis off the back of getting advice from this podcast is writing a list of all the things I've got to do tomorrow as the last thing I do every day. So I've dumped it and I'm shutting the door of my office. I don't have to think about it. And then I have some chill time before I go to bed. So I don't have to think about all the things I've got to do tomorrow. Then I can wake up fresh faced normally. And it's it's there right in front of me. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. um, And and of course, when we go to sleep we think oh, that's it that's it we're shutting off and you know we're turning off and yes we are and yes we need to do that but so often I come up with my best ideas and making a note of those ideas otherwise you forget them in the morning um making a note of those I don't know where they come from but what I also took from this episode was actually the best ideas can come when you're not actually thinking about it so if you overthink things, and um, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well, when you overthink things, you sort of go around in circles and then you actually kid yourself that you're busy and you're working when you're not. You're just confusing your brain and going around in circles. But sometimes when you don't think about it, and I guess your brain, and I think Nicolina talked about this, has a moment to just stop. That's often where our best ideas can come from. Yeah, uh, do you know this is a funny coincidence? Because as I mentioned earlier on, uh, I was recording a concert last night and I was talking to one of the um, singers who was there about songwriting because it's just a thing that fascinates me. And I was saying we have well, people used to um, go in, almost write songs like it was an office-based sort of thing. They'd go in at 9 o'clock, all right, I'm writing songs today, and then they'd finish at 5 o'clock and clock off, and they'd written a couple of songs. Mm. Uh, but she said to me, I can't do that because I can't force it. You know, yeah. I have to think... Songs come to me when I'm not thinking about writing songs. And mm. this is exactly what you just said. Mm. Uh, when you're coming up with ideas to move your business forward invariably they happen when you're not sitting down with a bit of paper in front of you and thinking right I need to come up with some ideas mm. you just need to let it flow ha- normally and I've noticed that one thing that's changed with you Claire over the last year mm. is you've actually given your you're now giving yourself more downtime yeah. and as a result of having more downtime you've become more productive haven't you yeah that's true that's very true and it's something that I still struggle with if I'm honest because I'm a, a sort of I've got a lot of energy <laughs> I keep going and going and going but there's a point when your body says no I've had enough and actually I can give you actually an example of that over there was three month window when I was um, looking after my son and I worked probably about half the amount of time um, and my business grew twice as big so that says a lot yeah and listen we'd love to know what you've learned from listening to us rambling on and having our guests on uh, talking about all these different things Um, because I don't know about you, but we've learned heaps doing this podcast from all the Mm. experts. So it's been of a great benefit to us. And obviously, ultimately, we hope it's been of a great benefit to you too. Uh, So let us know what you're changing and what you're implementing in your business off the back of listening to one of our episodes. Now, next week on the show, I'm picking my favourite episode for the year and I'm picking it for a very special reason, Claire, and that's because... I think this is something that's on everyone's minds at the end of every year and it's perhaps something they put off and that's 
thinking about their marketing plan for the new year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we're going to help you out with some ideas so you can start building a content plan for the new year and some ideas of things that you could actually post, coming up with all those different content ideas so you can actually hit the ground running in January and start or continue to grow your business. Um, don't forget you can connect with us on social media, all the different channels, Instagram, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. You can come and find us just by searching out Big Little Business Show and you can listen to all of our previous episodes on any podcast platform you choose or come and take a look at our website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. And until next week, I think I either need a more coffee or just need to go to bed. Really. <laughs> I think you just need to crash out. <laughs> You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Big Little Business Show.